Hi there, and welcome back to the Purpose Map Podcast. This is Casey Berglund, your host and the founder of Worthy and Well. And today I am joined by two incredible humans, Selena Coates and Savannah Meyer, both of whom are part of the Worthy and Well team. So I wanted to introduce them to you by bringing them on to share in conversation about today's topic, which is really on the impact of our environment in either supporting or detracting from our sense of well-being, our productivity, our capacity to reach our highest potential. And so Selena and Savannah are joining me for a two-part series all about environments. We talk about how to basically stay aligned when environments are imperfect. And then in part two, which will come out next week, how we create environments that serve and support us. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you Selena and Savannah, and we'll drop right in with Selena sharing about her art studio. I'll see you at the end of this episode for a moment of integration, and I hope you enjoy. For me, a big shift in environment that I had in the last year was actually one that I built for myself, which was building the art studio and getting a dedicated art studio space and creating that space outside of my home. Um, And what happened and the reason that was brought up is like, oh, there's this desire and there's this thing I want, but I can't find the thing to create it. So Mm. creating that environment for myself um, to have that, just like a place where I can go be creative and feel my feelings and manifest all the things uh, has been really important for me in my creative process in the last year. What did the tension feel like before you chose to create that space for you? Great question. Uh, It felt like I was abandoning myself in, in many ways because I have this creative background and I wanted to create, um, and draw and paint and do the act of creation and the act of art making. But I kept getting stuck because to paint, I would have to set up the easel and there's not a lot of room. So I'll just, I'll just not. Um, And once you do that, or once I did that for a year or two years, it was like, do I even like that anymore? Am I, is that a part of me that's dying or, and through therapy, it was actually, let me go, let me go. She, she reflected to me, do you even like that? And I was like, yes, I do. Like, yeah, I do. So what's wrong? And it took me a while to figure out it was actually the environment that was wrong. Um, and then it just so happened to unfold once I realized from that, that there was a space available and I could actually create that and how good that would feel. So yeah, it felt like an abandoning of self and a stuckness and a unsure of what was going wrong and a self-doubt of, was that something I actually desired? Um all wrapped up into very confusing emotions. <laughs> and then it just unfolded once mm-hmm. I claimed the desire to have that in my life. And once I claimed that, oh, maybe it's the environment or I recognized that the environment was um, and the physical space was standing in the way, mm-hmm. it just all unfolded from there. Yeah. I think it's really easy to 
not validate how important environment is to our own well-being, let alone growth potential, thrival, etc. And what I love about what you just said is how I guess what I hear is that the the tension and the stuckness and the questioning about whether or not you were even even still enjoyed art or wanted to be a creative person or have creative endeavors, like the questioning of that, as much as it probably sucked when you were in it, (laughs) it also had a purpose in eventually propelling you into creating a different environment. And so, you know, we're talking today about, about living in alignment when conditions are imperfect, or in other words, when you're not in a great environment or you notice that it's not a perfect environment, maybe when that recognition comes online. I feel like some people don't even realize that their environment impacts them and they think it's there's something wrong with them or something else is off, but it's like, or you could just be in the wrong space, you know? So it's like, we want to talk about that part. And then also eventually maybe in another episode, like about how we create those perfect environments or or maybe not perfect environments, but environments that serve our higher purpose, our capacity to thrive. So I'm probably going to ask you some more questions about like how you designed that space and and the outcome of that now. But but first I'm actually curious, Savannah, because obviously you have also made an epic shift in your environment moving from small town Alberta. Well, I don't know, is Laduca City? It's a city. Yeah. A small city to being in the UK. So like, I'm curious what you noticed in that shift, just being in one place and moving into another place, how that impacted your life, your inner world, your capacity to thrive. Yeah, there was a significant impact and I felt it right away, I would say. Um, obviously we were so excited to be in this new world that we had a desire to be in. And so there's a lot of excitement and newness and um, kind of stimulus. And we moved into, so we lived in a house in a suburb and we had a field in front of us and we had so many windows and we were uh, south and west facing. So sunlight all day. And then we moved into this um flat that is part of a really old it's the building was in from the 1800s um and it has two windows one of which is in the bedroom and one of which is in the main room and when they're open we live on a very busy street so you can look someone directly in the eye almost at any point of the day and so we have it open for part of the day but for the most part it's closed and my husband used to be a um artist and so we had these really beautiful like antique pieces in our old home. And when we moved here, we weren't really sure how long we would be here, what we would be doing. So everything is just kind of as cheap as we could get it. And um, I could feel the impact of not having uh, visual into the outside world, especially like nature. Um, And then also having these things around us that we just, we didn't care about and um I could really feel this kind of sensation in my body that I always wanted to be outside of our flat and that really conflicts with kind of naturally who I am because I really like to 
like I'm a bit more of a homebody. Um, so it was, it was a strange feeling to kind of wrestle with this. I want to be out of this place because it doesn't really feel like me. It doesn't feel comforting. It's very gray. I like to, to call it uh, office chic. That's the term I've given our apartment, which is just so not my style. Yeah. So um, it's just been very interesting to come to a place and have everything feel very much not you. And as time has gone on, we've been here about six months now, I can feel it's slightly settling into the background a little. And I think that that's not because it doesn't I don't care about it and it doesn't impact me. It's because I think like you were saying, Casey, I've tried to learn certain things that can help me make it have a little bit less of an impact on myself. I still for sure cannot wait until we're in a place that has more sunlight very much so. Um, And then the pieces that we care about. But one thing that's really helped is going on walks in nature and just being so present when I'm on those walks so that I can try and carry that when I'm in my imperfect environment. Because no matter what, this will always be an imperfect environment for me, but it's definitely something that I've like learned to kind of work with as best I can, really, I guess. Oh, I love that. So your walks in nature, kind of the the way in which you get that sunlight and that presence that you then carry into your office chic home. <laughs> I'm just yes. thinking like, just knowing you, Savannah, I'm like, yeah, office chic wouldn't be your chosen perfect style vibe for your home. <laughs> no, it's not cozy. It's not warm. It's cold and a little bit sterile. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right, Casey. Like I bring that warmth with me so that I can have that feeling when I'm yeah. in this yeah, space. Well, and this is interesting because for some reason that's not what I expected you to say because we've also had we've also had conversations about how the shift from living in Alberta to living in the UK has felt like so aligned for you like you're you're like meant to be in Europe. And so it was interesting that you spoke about your your physical home feeling less aligned compared to your Alberta home. But then like if you could go a bit broader, bigger, the the shift from Alberta to the UK, like how do you notice just being in the UK? How does that make you feel and what's come up in your body? You know, what's different in that regard? Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is the complete opposite. That feels so in alignment with who I am, with who we are as a couple and just like everything that we are excited to explore and see and smell and do and feel like it's, it's very much, um, yeah, it feels very aligned. I don't even really know how to explain it. I don't think I've discovered enough. I just know like you teach, I can feel it in my body that it feels right to be here. And that's, that's really nice because that kind of gives you a bit of a sense of comfort. I think, especially when I'm not feeling it in this particular space, our home, um, being able to step outside and feel that sense of comfort and um, warmth feels really nice. I love that. This is so interesting to me because you're reflecting this tension of this bigger environment of London and the UK feeling so right, but your, your home environment feeling not quite right. And that's just such an interesting, this is where it gets complex and it takes discovery, right? Because we don't, we don't know 
what is, we don't always know which parts feel right. And I don't know if that that's true for you, Savannah, when you got there, it's like, did you ever have any questions of, oh gosh, did we make a mistake or, um, what came up for you when you noticed that your house was starting to feel maybe that sterile environment that's not conducive for, for you? Yeah, I definitely had this sense of, I know I don't want, I was really excited to, um, have a new space and try something different. And then coming into this space, what was really cool is knowing exactly right away what I don't like. And I think that that's a gift, right? Like we, it's really wonderful to learn what you do like, and it's also just as helpful to learn what you don't like. And so I feel as though I've oriented myself a little bit more towards my ideal situation. And I can't paint that picture completely, but I know certain parts of that picture and I I can color some of the things in and one thing I would leave off of it is office chic that's for sure and so um (laughs) just yeah getting that like you're saying Selena it's nice to even when you don't totally know what it is or there's that complexity there um I think that you can go between the what is working what isn't working and it just helps you sort sort of orient yourself a little bit more and it sounds like that's kind of something you had um you figured out too with your art space is you knew something wasn't working even within your broader picture of what was working. And so you were able to kind of like go down that self-discovery path and it, and it helped you. Yeah. That's actually like the perfect question that you just asked, like what is working and what's, what isn't working. And Casey, that, that reminds me of your journey that I feel like you've had in the last couple of weeks returning from Costa Rica. And I would love to hear a little bit more about the process of landing back in Calgary and <laughs> discovering what isn't working, what is working mm. and all of the integration there. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I'm still very much in it, <laughs> very much in the integration. Like before we hit record on this podcast, I was telling Savannah that, um, my friends here visiting from Victoria and she was telling me about how she painted a sun on her wall in her living room. And it like made that space more conducive, like made it feel like a, a a separate space from her kitchen, even though they're really close together and how every time she looks at that sun, she didn't know it was a sun at the start. It was just like a yellow semicircle. Obviously it's a sun, (laughs) but how it just like brightens her when she sees it. And I was like, oh my God, that's what's missing on my wall. And I want it to be this like kind of coral orangey color, like a sunset. And so anyway, I'm very aware that that enthusiasm for color in my physical space in Calgary is very much inspired by the time I spent in Costa Rica. And just to like back up a little bit, I was in Costa Rica for nine weeks. And from the moment I landed, like I got in really late. So the next morning that I woke up my first morning in Costa Rica, I felt immediately like my nervous system was in a default state of deeper relaxation automatically. It was a noticeable difference from how I generally live my life day to day, where waking up in the jungle (laughs) and having sun on my skin and sitting in a hammock um, immediately felt like I didn't even have to worry about relaxing my system before doing what I needed to do. There was an automatic safe experience that I felt in my body and nervous system that felt like it was so conducive to creation 
which was my intention for being there. And like work was just easy and everything just felt easier. Health was easier. I felt better in my body, um, you know, and, and it wasn't perfect. Like there were moments there where, I don't know, I was constipated or like my body was doing some weird stuff, you know, like due to travel. So it's not perfect, but on the whole, it just felt like everything felt easier in the warmth and in nature with that easy access. So coming back to your actual question about like integrating back into Calgary, um, it's so interesting as I like even hear myself talk about it. I'm like, whoa, yeah, this this processing is really helpful because I got back late at night again, just like how I arrived in Costa Rica. I got back late at night and the morning I woke up in Calgary, one of the first things that I did is I went to the washroom and I looked in the mirror and I was flooded with uh, negative thinking and insecurity that I haven't experienced in like a decade. Like, for example, the first thing I thought was like, what the hell did I do with my hair? Like I, I got haircuts when I was in Costa Rica and I loved having short hair and I do still love having short hair, but that immediate, almost like conditioned response was like, I'm not allowed to have short hair here, like short, curly, wild jungle hair. And then after that came like, oh my God, did I gain weight? Are my clothes tighter? And then after that came like, oh my gosh, like, how do I be here? And so it was like a really interesting, almost turbo flood of negative thinking and insecurity specifically related to my body, which is so interesting because I don't experience that regularly. Like I know that it's, I know how normal it is. It's completely valid to have experiences of, you know, negative thought patterns or insecurities around our bodies in particular. That has not been my reality for the last decade. My healing journey has been such that that hard shit came when I was young and I did a ton of healing through my through my nutrition degree and also through yoga and also just through embodiment that meant that I like literally don't have negative thoughts about my body, <laughs> barely ever. And so suddenly I'm back in Calgary and I'm flooded with negative thoughts about my body and my appearance. And like, I was scared. I felt fear around seeing people almost as soon as I got back. And it was so strange because it felt so out of context for me. So that was super interesting. And, you know, I did go for a little walk later on in the day and I was kind of soundboarding this with a friend of mine who's still in Costa Rica. And she was like, gosh, it just, I wonder if any of that's yours. And it like snapped me out of it. And I was like, none of it's mine. I don't think like that. Those weren't even my voices. You know, it felt like coming into this environment tapped me into a different sort of collective consciousness that brought me into insecurity and fear and scarcity. And I don't say that to like, I don't mean to <laughs> shit on Calgary or Canada or anything like that. That's not what that's about, but it's just like a different culture. And it was like, I was experiencing that in a personal way. But as soon as I could name it, I could like literally let it go, breathe it out. And then those insecurities and those negative thinking patterns were gone. So that was one interesting thing I noticed immediately with the shift in environment. And, um, and maybe one other thing I'll add before taking a little pause is like on that same walk, I had this moment of integration where 
um, you know, everything is quite brown here and there's still snow on the ground and it was cold. And I just literally 24 hours earlier came from a place that was warm and vibrant and colorful. And in that warm and vibrant and colorful environment, every single day, I found myself walking down the road being like, oh my gosh, thank you, flowers, like sun. Wow, thank you for your warmth. Like how lucky am I just in a state of abundance and gratitude? And then when I came here on that walk, I was like, whoa, why is everything brown? And then something clicked inside my brain that like, what if I could bring that same level of gratitude and abundance to this environment. And I started to walk by what I would call dormant trees, trees without their leaves that are brown and be like, hey, tree, (laughs) I see you. You're in a different stage right now. And like, thank you. Thank you, snow, for bringing moisture to the earth. Thank you, sidewalk, for giving me a place to walk. And suddenly my my own energy shifted back into that state of abundance. So thinking about this concept of like creating alignment in maybe less than ideal conditions, for me, it feels like the environment of Costa Rica had a default of, uh, for me, it was easy to access a default state of abundance thinking and gratitude, which as we know, is like really useful, really important for feeling good, for well-being, but also for like manifestation and like making your goals happen. And the default here was kind of like scarcity. Why is everything like brown and dead? (laughs) And part of my integration was like, that's not actually true. They're just different seasons. And there's Uh, something that I learned in Costa Rica that was so easy to access that I could bring into this state. And I can be the master of my own energy here and have the same level of gratitude and abundance for nature here. And it kind of reminds me of what Savannah said about like going out into nature and accessing a certain type of energy through that environment and bringing it back into her office chic home. Casey, I love what you just said about um, gratitude. And I'm wondering, do you think that that's kind of one of the most powerful things that we can do or actions we can take to try and transform or take ourselves from being in that imperfect environment to kind of shaping it and shifting it into our ideal environment? Yes. Yes. And you know what's interesting is like, Obviously, we know the power of gratitude, right? Like people are like, have a gratitude practice, be thankful. Like the best way to get into an abundance mindset is to be grateful for what you have. If we're always like, oh, I want more, I want more, I want that, what that is telling, what we're telling ourselves is like, this is not enough, aka lack, right? And so instead of like always wishing for more or different, it's seeing what's right in front of you and acknowledging it and giving thanks for it. So I absolutely believe that that's true. And um, I have this, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard when it's gloomy. It's hard when, you know, when I was in Costa Rica, I didn't set an alarm once and I woke up before 6am and leapt out of bed and like, oh, I just felt like this is the best day ever, every day. And it's darker and gloomier and colder here. And it's harder to access, but like, I don't know. There's something about the self-mastery of like finding joy and bliss and gratitude no matter what, while also not bypassing 
reality as well. Like one thing I always struggled with, with, with gratitude practices is like trying to force gratitude or like telling myself in my journal that I'm thankful for something when actually I'm feeling really pissed off by it. Like that's not helpful to like bypass real emotions with fake gratitude. But what I find works for me as it relates to gratitude is like finding what's true, what I truly am grateful for. Like as we record this podcast episode, I'm sitting in my bed surrounded by pillows and I'm warm. And like, I feel like my setup is so like cozy and comfy and it's like, oh, thank you, bed. That's true. That's genuine. And then building from there, I think gratitude begets more gratitude. So yeah, I'm curious what y'all are grateful for right now as it relates to your environment. I'm definitely grateful in terms of my environment for the spring flowers. The London spring in London is just absolutely beautiful. And it seems as though every few days we go out on our daily walk with our dog, there's a new flower. And I used to be a florist. And so I'm trying to kind of maintain that remember like that memory of what the flowers are called so I tell my husband oh, this one's called this or this one's called this and it's so fun because it feels a little bit like a treasure hunt and you look you have to look a little bit deeper into the woods to see that one that's white and little and kind of just sitting above the forest floor and so it really does help with that um keeping you present too which is something I kind of heard when you were talking about gratitude Casey is that it also being grateful, especially when you were on your walk and you were thanking the tree and the sidewalk. And um, I feel as though that helps you bring your present, like, or um, kind of helps you stay in the moment a little bit more too, which is really beautiful. Um, Selena, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I think for me, for gratitude, it's like switching from looking at what we're lacking, especially when we change environments or we're dreaming of like the perfect thing. Um, for going back to my studio example, I've always dreamed of having the studio beyond my, my acreage and there would be horses outside and it would be this beautiful studio space with big windows. And, and it felt there was time in this, transition of creating that studio space for myself of, oh, why can't I have that? Why can't like, and it felt like I was lacking and I couldn't sit in the gratitude of anything. Like I couldn't find gratitude in my creative practice or in the studio spaces or anything. It, it I didn't have that access to gratitude, but then when I shifted to, but what can I have? What do I have? What what would be, what is right in front of me right now, it created a different environment and it created this different mindset for myself um, where I could be grateful for, you know, Calgary and the people that I'm around and um, the community that I've built, the community that gave me this art studio because it's in a community member's space. Um, when you when you change that shift and when you can pull yourself out of that scarcity or when I can pull myself out of the scarcity of, I don't have this right now. And I'm so frustrated that I don't have this right now. I can start to say, 
oh gosh, but look what I do have. Look at the amazing space that I do have. Look at all these supportive people that I do have. Uh, look at all the people I get to meet and it shifts it for me. And that's where it comes from for that gr- gratitude. And right now it's, I'm really thankful for my community and all the, the people that I'm meeting and getting introduced to and who I can go for coffee with or have happy hours with, or just connect within beautiful spaces, go to live music, listen to sing, um, make us all just love each other. Um, all of those, like, I'm really grateful for people right now and the, the opportunities they provide. Yeah. Big time. I feel that I'm having a moment, um, you know, thinking about my last week in Costa Rica where I had a, like, I don't know, there were like these flying ants. It was like a flying ant infestation. <laughs> and It was like brutal. I was like sweeping these little ants out of my little loft apartment, uh, like epically, like turbo sweeping over and over and over again. Cause they just kept coming from everywhere. And then I realized that like, Oh, when the lights are turned off, they kind of like hide or go back into So like, can we turn the bright lights off? And anyway, and I had this moment where I was like, Oh, I just cannot wait to be back in my clean condo in Calgary, you know? And then I had cold showers the whole time I was there. I mean, jokes on me. I just wasn't working the shower properly and didn't think to ask about, I just assumed that there was no like hot showers. Apparently there was the whole time. I just didn't experience it, but I was just like, oh, I just can't wait for my bath. And also what I missed when I was in Costa Rica was my community, my people, you know? And when we talk about environment, yeah, that's like physical environment, but it's also the people you surround yourself with. Right. And so I've been grateful in these moments being back where I've been kind of like, oh, this is hard to be here right now. Like it's cold and um, I'm in a cement building looking out to a cement parking lot with no access to nature in the same way. It's a reminder like, and I have a hot bath and I've, yeah, gone out to see a friend sing and met another friend for a beer and like had a nice little sauna steam with another friend since I've been back. And, you know, Selena, we've met up and seen each other in person. And like, what a gift that is to have community as part of the environment. It's actually making me think of our our book that's coming out, The Mind Body Way. Uh, when I say our, the co-written book with Dr. Julie Bolak and Courtney Amo, my dear uh, colleagues that, and co-writers, we have a pillar in that book about um, consciously connecting with yourself and others. And a big part of what we talk about is the environment and the the like the true impact of your physical environment on your capacity to connect with yourself and others, and also the true impact on the people that you surround yourself with, you know, and there's that quote, that's like, you are the five people you surround yourself with, um, you know, attributed to Jim Rohn. And in our book, we talk about how like, we actually think you are all of the people that you surround yourself with, like all of the people you surround yourself with impact you and our energies are in this interplay together. Um, And so being mindful of that and also being able to sit with some of the tension that comes up when you're not around your favorite people or when you're not in your favorite environment. And so like that whole thing is just an interesting dance. I love that you just called it a dance too, because I'm wondering for you, Casey, 
when you went to Costa Rica, you had such an intention of creativity and work and connection to nature. And I kind of feel like we can lose, or personally, I feel like we can lose in our intention when we live a place for a long time. I'm just, I'm curious, what does that bring up for you thinking about the intention and and putting intention into environments and creating environment Mm. with intention? Yeah. And thank you. Thank you for reminding me of my intention in being Costa Rica. It was, it was to be inspired by nature and to create some epic shit. That's what I kept saying to myself. And I was fully supported by my environment in doing that in exactly the like Outside of the tiny little Tico town I was in, I wasn't near a bunch of other like gringos or expats. And it was like beautiful. And for the first month, three weeks to a month that I was there, I was just in my bliss being inspired by nature and creating, making stuff for Worthy and Well, making stuff for the book, you know, connecting with the two of you and us creating content together. Like it felt so supportive. And then I naturally noticed uh, a shift in my energy and how my body was feeling like tension or contraction starting to build in my body, tender emotions coming to the forefront. And of course, you know, when that happens, I sometimes don't immediately know what my body is speaking to me, right? So I think this is an important part of, of this embodiment process is actually delaying with the discomfort, not reacting to it right away. And, you know, it kind of comes back to the body acronym, breathe, observe, delay, then say yes. And the delay part of embodiment, being with the discomfort, noticing where there's maybe incongruencies or where something feels a little off and not acting on it right away, but just like sitting with it, being it, giving it space to reveal its wisdom. What I realized there was like, ooh, it's almost time for my intention to shift a little bit. Like my original intention for being in Costa Rica was around creation. And then it was like my body was giving me a message that a new intention was wanting to be seen and heard. And that had to do with community and connection. And um, I didn't know that right away. Honestly, still in my embodiment practices, whenever I feel discomfort, I'm like, what the hell's going on? What's wrong? You know, like my autopilot response is like, what's wrong? And what do I need to do instead? And like, did I eat something? Or like, why do I feel so, am I crazy? You know, and talk about, is is it my period? Where where am I in my cycle? Like you kind of go through your quick list of like, what makes you maybe feel off as if there's something wrong with having an emotion other than bliss, (laughs) you know? And so in my sort of like, oh, right, Case, practice what you preach, like be with yourself, let the wisdom reveal itself. It was this unfolding into like, it's time to be in connection with others. It's time to be back in community because that's a need as well. And luckily that led to, you know, being referred to the retreat space that I went to, meeting some incredible people there, filling up on connection and community. Um, But it was almost like that I guess that was almost a halfway point in my trip. It almost shifted my intention. Um, The latter half of my trip, my intention felt like it was more around connection and love and like opening myself in that way to being with others. And, you know, even while being in Costa Rica, I made, I made my Tika friends at the bar and we did karaoke together. They literally just sent me a video this morning and pictures from that same bar that we did karaoke at that we met at. And it was like, yes, that was the medicine at that point in time. So I'm on a bit of a ramble, but 
I hope I answered that question. I don't even remember what it was. You said something about um, sitting with that kind of discomfort. And um, I think that that's so important to, to feel that because like you said, you also said something about um, as if having any other feeling other than joy is not good. Um, and of course we all know that that's so not true. Right. And so um, I'm curious how the both of you, after you've kind of sat with that discomfort um, about being in maybe like the environment that doesn't feel best for you or being around people that don't feel best for you. Um, how do you feel it in your body that mm -hmm. you're ready to move past that? Like, when does it feel right? What are those signals for the both of you? Mm. Good question, Savannah. For me, I've learned that part of my process of discovering or discovery around my body sensations, part of that process I can do within myself on my own, meaning I can like sit with myself, feel, usually when I feel the discomfort long enough, I receive an intuition. You know, we did that podcast episode around the different types of intuition, you know, clairaudience, clairsentience, claircognizance, et cetera. So the practice of embodiment, the practice of being with sensation and having presence with it and breathing and slowing everything down and not being reactive, that actually changes the brainwave state that allows for like different forms of insight to come through. So for me, the act of just like having presence with my body opens me up to an intuition in whatever form, any one of those clairs. I have access to all the clairs. So for me, staying with the sensation and being present with it can lead to like a little voice I hear that's like, go to the plant store, like buy a palm tree for your house or just like sitting with that sensation, I might get a vision, like a color. And it's like, ah, you know, bring that color into your home. So sometimes I can access that on my own, in my own embodied practice, my own reflective practice. For me, embodiment and journaling and sometimes card pulling, they can be integrated together to help me discover what next step to take. And I'm a communal creature. And another thing that I know about myself and is all over my human design chart is that talking things out and being heard, not necessarily to get advice from anyone else, but just to hear myself talk is part of how I process and come to conclusions. So for me, a combo of like soundboarding and attuning to my body, they like work hand in hand. It's like, I'll hear myself say one little thing and it'll change or create a shift in my body that helps me to know, oh, that's it. That's the truth. Sometimes soundboarding brings me to truth tingles or truth tears. And then I'm like, yep, yep. What I know to be true is it's not about me just booking a flight right back to Costa Rica because I'm uncomfortable. I know that I'm meant to be here. I know that what I've just experienced in the last two weeks helps me to be a more effective facilitator for my clients who are here, who are here in the brown winter with me, you know? And so there's like wisdom that comes in there. Also, uh, like I did go to the plant store and I bought some plants and I'm going to paint a sun on my wall. 
and I'm pumped about it. And suddenly, like, my home is like, ah, I can create nature inside of this space instead of looking out to the cement parking lot and seeing what I lack. That shift from scarcity to abundance. And so, like, yesterday and today, I feel like this integration is really landing. It's less of a, like, oh, my God, I hate this. And, oh, my God, I got to go back to like, ah, here's how I integrate the wisdom from that time away and build the environment that's in support of me. And my body tells me that it's time for that because I feel a shift in my sensations through my own process. How much sense does that make? Lots of sense. That made so much sense. And sitting with it is sounds so important to you. And I, I know... And if, if you would have gone back to Costa Rica, maybe that's the perfect thing for you, right? Like, it's like, I think I also have just a lot of trust in what my body tells me. And then if I do follow the, the urge, I will learn it somehow. <laughs> but for me, Savannah, to answer your question, I feel like I just need to claim these things. And the process is claiming that the environment isn't right. And then my experience has always been, then the universe provides me stuff to respond to, provides me an option, provides me an opportunity um, to respond and to to live and create that environment for myself. Going back to the, I keep coming back to this art studio one when I claimed, oh, I think I need like more space to do that. Whether I create that in my home or somehow I create it. And then I was just at the office where my studio is and it was like, and it's available and I'm thinking of renting it out and here, let it unfold perfectly or uh, work environments that are imperfect. When I claim that these environments are no longer perfect for me or don't feel right for me, it's like, oh, and here's another opportunity to do this thing that's really in alignment and and take it. Uh, that's happened more than once in my life. And there's so many times when we, when for me, the practice is actually the claiming of, oh, something needs to shift here and it doesn't have to look like me blowing up my life and moving across the world or leaving all my friends or going to live in the woods. It can just be, I, this environment isn't right. Let's see what is a next best step. And Again, I'm a in human design, I'm a generator. And to have those those opportunities for me to respond to that light me up, that just feels so in alignment. So Savannah, I'm curious for you, what's your answer to your own question? Yeah, I I love how both of you have added um kind of different things. And I was just thinking about my two big takeaways from this conversation, one being that emphasis on gratitude to really shift perspective when we're not in a perfect environment and something that you just said, Selena, um, it can be those micro things or those mini things, just those little steps forward towards the thing that is going to bring us a bit more fulfillment or a bit more lightness or warmth or whatever it is that you're seeking. Um, those two are just great reminders for me. And um, I guess when it comes to me knowing when it's time to move past that feeling of discomfort, 
I think, well, what is true is that I do not have as much experience as the two of you in just listening to my body. So I feel as though I, I, I maybe I was going to say I kind of I, I don't know something just tells me and I think it's maybe I don't have the words I don't really have that sort of background knowledge of what it is behind me and so mm-hmm. that's what's amazing about being here is I get to learn all about that and um, understand myself better and my environment and the people around me and I've already learned so much in that capacity and how it's helped me interact with uh, the people that I love the most and so um yeah, it's just kind of this feeling of knowing, okay, I'm, I'm sort of done with this. Like something just kind of comes to you, I guess, or it comes to me knowing this is the next step I'm going to take. It could be totally wrong, but we're going to go this direction. We'll see where where we end up. And then if we got to redirect, that's okay mm-hmm. too. So, yeah. I love that, Savannah. And you just circled back to something that you said really at the beginning about just like, knowing when we were talking about you moving to the UK and just knowing that it was right for you. And I almost asked you then like, Ooh, can you break that down? Like, how do you know that it's right for you? And, and also, you know, what I'm hearing you say is like, I don't know how to, how to describe it. I just know. And I just want to validate that experience because that's the intuitive experience, you know? And it's like, our bodies have a language that is beyond words. And sometimes we just know things and that the practice is to trust and to not have to always prove ourselves and to just like live in alignment with that and and be guided. And for me anyway, grounding into that inner knowing without having to prove it is so empowering. And yeah, I I just love how you shared that, like, yeah, you're maybe new to the embodiment world or even finding language for this kind of stuff. But what's very clear to both Selena and I, I think I can speak for Selena, is that you're so intuitive and that you've been making these intuitive decisions all the way along. So that's beautiful. And I love how you shared kind of takeaways so far. I feel like that's beautifully timed, like the the gratitude part and the, what was the second one? Taking those small steps. Yeah. 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 And like, that's something that um, Selena shared in her, in her experience. And then also you, Casey, you've showed that too, in that you're um, wanting to paint a, sun, paint a sun on your wall and add some plants to your space. And those small steps really make a big impact. Yeah. And another piece that I'm just thinking about that is a takeaway based on what Selena said is this experience of like co-creating with life, with the universe, with whatever you want to call that energy that's kind of like bigger, that consciousness that's higher. And it it just like that is a key part of this, I feel. And I know, you know, both of you have experience with um, the energy leadership index assessment that we teach in all of our programs that comes from IPEC coaching and the different levels of energy one through seven, which I've spoken about before on this podcast. But I think that uh, it's important to acknowledge that at higher levels of energy, aka higher levels of consciousness, that co-creative magic with life happens more. We experience more synchronicity, more like perfectly timed coincidence, more divine timing, more like, how did I meet this perfect person at this perfect time? Or how did this space open up the minute that I claimed I wanted an art studio? Or how did my friend from Victoria, who I haven't seen in 10 years, come visit me and paint a sun on her wall right when I'm missing the sunsets in Costa Rica? Like, isn't that beautiful? And isn't that divine? And that mindset 
I don't know, to the critics, that mindset does not hurt. It does not make your life worse seeing magic in things. It does not make things worse. It only deepens the gratitude and the abundance mindset. And so if all else fails in imperfect environments to bring it home, (laughs) find the thing that is beautiful regardless and double down on it, see it, acknowledge it, claim it, and also be truthful with yourself around what's not working and open up to a bit of magic that might support in finding the solution. And I don't know, this is for myself, be patient sometimes. And also, don't be too patient. Also, sometimes take the big leap. Also, sometimes trust yourself to act as soon as that instinct comes in, if that feels really in alignment. Like, I think there's both and here. (laughs) Wait and don't wait too long because life is short and it's long. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Now is your moment of integration. I'd be curious to hear what you learned about yourself through listening into this conversation about how your environment impacts your well-being and how you show up in the world. Also, when in imperfect scenarios or imperfect environments, how do you stay aligned anyway? I'd be curious to know. Send us a note over at Worthy and Well on Instagram, or you can email info at worthyandwell.com. And again, thank you so much for being a listener of the Purpose Map podcast. We appreciate your rating and review. If you could take a moment and and share your thoughts and your feedback on this podcast as a whole and give us a five-star review that helps us get in front of more people just like you who maybe need to hear these messages as well. All right, we'll see you next week for part two on environments. And until then, take really good care. Bye for now.